Hi, and welcome to the Mystics and Broomsticks podcast, formerly known as the Spiritual Boss podcast. Today, you have just me, Melanie Dawn, and I am sitting with, across time and space, (laughs) Tamara Royal, who is someone that I've known for quite some time. Um, When I first saw Tamara, I I titled this episode, uh, A True Story of a Wild Woman, is because the first time I ever saw Tamara uh, pop up is as a new yoga teacher, just out there hosting classes like nobody's business, like she didn't have a care in the world. (laughs) And as a yoga teacher myself, I remembered those times where I was like, how is she doing this? How is she not worried? You know, like, what will people think? Will I be good enough? And I just from the first moment of seeing you have known that you're someone who just dives fully in, um, always ready to take a risk. You may not see that in yourself. I'm, I'm sure you probably don't, but from the outside looking in, you just go for it. And I've always admired that of you. Um, so I know you as a yoga teacher, I've had the pleasure of teaching you the first time I met you in person was, uh, teaching you Reiki, uh, or initiating you again into Reiki. And I remember from that meeting that it came through that you were trying to to stay in the seat of disciple of student when you were really meant to become teacher. And then, boom, watch everything go tenfold. I've also had um, the privilege of guiding Yoga Nidra. um, And you'd already taken it when you took my training. And so that that was kind of interesting because you gave me a lot of Uh, different parallels and feedback and you're always so open um I thought you'd be the perfect person to tell us about your say yes summer and if you want to do a little intro of yourself um from your point of view who you are what you want people to know about you and um yeah we'll, we'll hop right in after that into what a say yes summer looks like because mine was a hell no (laughs) we were stuck at home doing renovations so I was watching you just um really energetically feeling into what you were doing so welcome Tamara thanks thanks for having me what a great intro too uh well that's the duality isn't it the the say no and the say yes summer so there we go there's the yin and the yang but oh yeah we're also hosting a retreat together and right funny because uh as we teamed up we noticed how different we were in our marketing (laughs) so if you follow bliss state retreats you'll be easily able to tell who is doing what um once you get to know us so yeah yin and yang for sure if there's a meme it was probably me yeah there's definitely if it's a meme or if it's fun it's tamara (laughs) if it's serious and thought-provoking it's me (laughs) I have to go back to uh, when I first started teaching right out the gate for yoga. I was so gung-ho and so excited. And looking back, I just, I think it's quite entertaining. I was the one that was teaching at the library and I had the sign out front. And I just, like, I was the person shouting from the rooftops, come to yoga. Like, probably asked the same people more times than was socially acceptable to come to yoga. Because, you know, yoga is amazing. And then I was realizing that it'll reach the people it needs to. But I was just so enthusiastic. And I didn't really overthink that, oh, I probably should be nervous. And thinking back, yeah, I had people doing handstands my first uh, class out the gate, which is pretty funny to me now. I love it. Ignorance is bliss. (laughs) It truly is. And I think that those are like, 
you really just are able to see the potential in someone instead of constantly being like, oh, slow down. Oh, that's not safe. You know, I, I love the the risks that you can take when you do have that little bit of ignorance um, that allows you to just fly by the seat of your pants. And I mean, ignorance in the, in the most appropriate way being that you hadn't had a lot of experience and had a lot of people telling you, oh, no, you can't. Because once you enter the world and you join the yoga community groups, you see how much like lack is in the yoga community, how much fear is in the yoga community. And it starts to kind of weigh on you. Yeah, no, I just went in like full out and we're going to do this and have fun. And <laughs> it just it came from a good space. And I think that was what was received. And uh, yeah, and I was not going to teach, by the way. No, I was just going to be a student and do this for enrichment. And then I came out of it. I must share so yeah. 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 If you fall out of a headstand, all it really is is a somersault. <laughs> it's it's not a big deal. Well, it was, yeah. I just think it's funny now because you do, you get that conditioning the further you go through, but I'm actually coming back to that again too. So when's the last time you taught headstand now? It's been a long time. Yeah. Actually, you said that I should probably try that. Yeah. 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 Not my strong pose at all, but I love to teach it. So for me, unless it, if they have it in their practice, I don't ever teach it. I'll throw it in in a forward fold, but I tend to focus more on the flow of the class and not interrupting it. Um, and that's that's where I think my students would lack is because I'm not taking that out and breaking it apart, which I think is um, a lot of people want to be able to do it. They want to be able to try. And I should do that. You <laughs> should stop being such an animal. What's that? And you can come in and break it down. She's the headstand queen. Yes, she's yeah. the break it down queen. She mm -hmm. is. So yeah. tell me a little bit about what you did this summer and where it came from and how it was inspired. I know um, for those of you who may not be familiar with the archetype, the wild woman, it typically comes in uh, throughout your life around your just prior to the crone phase, like before you stop bleeding. But it can happen at any stage of life. It's just uh, an energy, an archetype, something that we embody. And it is basically a hell yes attitude. I, I There is no no. <laughs> she doesn't know no unless it's something that she's passing by. But everything is basically a hell yes. So tell me a little bit about yeah. if you resonate with me calling you a wild woman and what <laughs> it feels like to add that into your say yes summer. Okay, hey, well, at first, no, it kind of had some pushback. And then I googled wild woman. And it was a list of 25 things that makes you a wild woman and 24 of them. Hell yeah. So what was the 25th that wasn't? Uh, oh, what was it? Let's see. It was um, uh, it pretty much all of them are pretty strong. It was I have to look it up. I'll let you know. But it was yeah. uh, I was like, oh, I think I'm getting there, but not 100 percent yet. OK, but, so uh, it feels it, like it's within reach. Oh, it yeah. And it felt like to me, just living your living your day the way you want to be living. And that's what I wanted my summer to be. How do I want the summer to be when it's done? Because we all come out of summer and it's so fast and I didn't do what I wanted to do. So this year I was like, well, what do I want to do this summer? I want to do it all. 
And I did spend the last couple of years, you know, we've had so many weird things going on in the world and didn't do all the things. And this year was the year. So I bought, uh, started off with buying myself a paddleboard and I wasn't so sure that I would get use out of it, but we're going to do that. And I did, I got so much use out of it this summer. And I think it started off with uh, going on my first uh, weekend retreat in the mountains. And uh, that was a, a getaway with women and it was a lovely expansion so that was the beginning of summer that was end of may um june uh, rolled right into priestess graduation ceremony that lovely energy of that uh, i'd already gone uh whitewater rafting at that point with my family which was amazing oh, cool. and any little fears that came up on me my parents went I was like if they can do this I can do this so mm-hmm. um yeah it was like all multi-generational we went uh, down the um from Jasper there we did some camping we did uh, all kinds of activities that I probably would have just hesitated in the past so I really wanted to make sure I did it all um I also cut back my schedule and mm-hmm. it's more of a priority and I'm so glad I did and I also balanced it with lots of self-care like having naps having some down days but mm-hmm. I filled some of those days with all kinds of stuff did you ever have any pushback like oh I'm doing too much I have to have rest and like that's where I notice that my mind goes is if I have like a big uh schedule all of a sudden my mind starts going into oh, you'll get sick. This will happen. All this stuff. It's just like, it's that stay small mindset um, to keep me safe. And at home, when I was little, we didn't do a lot of traveling. My mom worked all the time. And so my, uh, what we know in yoga nidra is a samskara. It's an experience patterning is to stay at home. So even though once I get out, I'm loving it, it's really hard to get me there. Do you ever experience anything like that? Yeah, sometimes because the older I get, the more I really enjoy being a homebody. So I'm definitely a dual personality. There's the part of me that loves to be out and be the extrovert and do all the things, but I definitely have the homebody introvert side of me that needs to recharge. So I would say I'm, how do you say that? Extroverted introvert? Um, yeah. I like both. Mm, I made sure that some weekends were pretty full. But I also allowed some that were not scheduled. And that was really important to me. So it was good balance. Um, I did my first cold plunge this summer. Yeah. Tell me. So Tamara, she she messaged me and she said that, uh, oh, this was your last experience at the Nordic Spa. I thought this was hilarious because Jai and I went to the river right after. And we sat in the river. And I was like, Jai, Tamara went to the Nordic Spa and was in there. Were you in there for... 65 minutes no no god no but maybe I could uh how long were you you were in there long enough where you couldn't feel your hand when you shook that man's hand 35 minutes at least it might have been a bit 35 minutes yeah it could have been longer and he was coming to check on you he's coming to been in there so long I had several guys that were coming in for just a quick dip and they were out of there like uh lightning and would come back for their second dip and I was still there and they would give me that you know the (laughs) what you're still that's a wild woman (laughs) and then there's a pool directly across from me that was a warm pool and this guy was sitting there and ever so often he'd kind of you know make a little look and she's still there and he got up and came directly to me and in the cold pool did his little 
adjustment. And then we chatted for a while and he's like, how long have you been in here? Are you okay? And I said, well, thanks for checking on me. I'm actually fine. And we chatted for a bit. By the time we uh, wrapped up, he put his hand out to shake my hand and I couldn't get my hand to work. It was so cold, but it didn't feel uncomfortable. But I figured, you know, safety, I should probably get out. and Yeah, at this point, it's probably wise. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I think once you get through that, uh, the shock and the discomfort, it's really mind over matter. And I, I witnessed that with all the people coming in the time I was there because there's such discomfort and it's so easy just to jump out. But if you can sit with that discomfort, as we know through the trainings, through yoga and through Nidra, uh, once you get your mind and your breath in sync, that it really is doable. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know that it gets any easier each time you go, but if you can get your mind around that it's possible, then it is. Yeah. Is it being able to find that stillness within discomfort to just, um, we are so trained to run away from a displeasure and towards pleasure that we're in a constant state of suffering. So we might as well be suffering <laughs> and learning how to be in it and then letting it go. Cause there's so many people who, uh, or even so many yoga teachers who will cue, let it go. And students are left wondering how the hell do I do that? <laughs> how the hell do I do that? But if you've never actually been in a scenario where you've been pushed into discomfort and then pulled back out, you then learn what that's like to be on the other side of letting go. Yeah. I think the cold plunge does that for people. It's instant. And I'm sure if I were to do it again, it would be that instant pushback again. But I know it's possible, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and breaking be- through, breaking past those limiting beliefs that we have about our bodies, that we have about our relationships, that we have about our finances, that we have about our lives. Everything that we think is true. Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you think you can. Why not think something different? (laughs) You think you can't. It's true. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I witnessed that literally. They, you know, ran literally from discomfort, but... (laughs) (laughs) I might be that one next time, but I'd come back and revisit it. So that was empowering. It is. It is. I I haven't done um, a structured cold plunge, but we do go to the river quite often and and do that. I like the river myself because on a hot day, you still have the heat of your upper body, but you can plunge in for the rest. So I like that duality, the experience of both heat and, and ice at the same time. Where did you get inspired by to have this huge summer where you just said yes? And at any point in your summer, did you meet a hell no? Ooh, good question. Uh, I want to say I stayed firmly on the yes train this summer. I did. um, I think it stemmed from I wanted to come out of my summer not having any regrets. Um, I have a serious case of FOMO this year. I do not want to miss out. And I have in the past let uh, feelings of doubt or anxiety keep me from going to an event that I knew I wanted to go to. So this is my summer. I'm like, nope, you're going to you're going to enjoy it once you're there and you're going to be glad that you did experience this. So that was my where I came from, from the decision. What would the, what would have been the things that held you back from going to an event event that you wanted to go to? Oh, it was definitely rooted in not enough. 
imposter syndrome, um, sometimes social, uh, which is so funny because I am a social person, but I still will receive those feelings like going into a crowd. And I think it just measures um, comparison, right? It's, am I in that same league? Am I worthy of this? All those feelings. And I know better, but they still come up, right? Yeah. I'm shocked that you do have that from the outside looking in. It doesn't look like you have that, you know, on your radar. Um, it just seems like you accept everyone. And so therefore you are accepted. Yeah, I would say most of the time, but I do get that once in a while. And it's kind of shocking because it puts the brakes on and I don't want to um, take part of whatever that event is that I originally signed up for and had all the excitement. So uh, yeah, this summer was all the things. It was, um, uh, oh, I ended up buying a sauna because of this, because there was the cold plunge and the sauna. So now I have a sauna at home. She just needs an electrician. So if anyone <laughs> wants to help her. <laughs> we'll get it started. She just needs to get a wire put together somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I might be my own electrician. We'll see how this works. Mm -hmm. um, and the next thing might be getting a cold plunge at home. So we'll see how dedicated I am to that. I really yeah. have an aversion to cold and that's what made me try it because I figured if I really don't like it, maybe I need it. It's yeah. Been good. Uh, yeah. Isn't that the most, the biggest like kind of um, chaps your butt kind of thing is that it's the things that we don't like and the things that we don't want to do that are actually the thing that is going to get us there to where we want to go. But most of us will sit in like the dream stage, the planning stage, the why not me stage, instead of being like, okay, what do we need to do to break down this barrier in order to get me there? Um, there's no aligned action with the dream. So pushing through those barriers, knocking them down. I, I think people think that I just do things. I do. <laughs> because if I overthink them, I will not do them. And that's why like, I, I try not to put a lot of thought or planning into many of the um, trainings. Well, I shouldn't say trainings, but like priestess path, it changes uh, as the wind blows or who shows up. It's just open to being what it is. And I think for, uh, to get there, you have to have a really strong sense of trust that spirit is always guiding. Do you feel that way too? I do. I think when I, it's the overthinking that gets me into those situations and, uh, do you plan your classes, like your I yoga classes? To. I used yeah. to. Yeah. And then do you notice now that you don't, if you do come with a plan that it's just like the worst was sideways every time yeah yeah and you're just like there's like the energy is dead there's yeah. nothing that's like going together it, ah yeah I I I've done that I'm like oh I'm gonna theme theme the f out of this one and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and then when I do it I'm like literally sounding like a cult leader <laughs> <laughs> I still catch myself in this because especially when I start a new series, I will sometimes write up for the first class. And that's usually the one that's like, no, that wasn't my yeah. favorite class at all. And mm -hmm. the next one that I just have an idea, it goes so nice because it flows, right? Yeah. I was just thinking about that because my, I, I still uh, am recording yoga nidras and putting them on insight timer on YouTube. And 
the ones that I have ideas for like three days prior and I make notes on and I try to hit everything on the note, dead, <laughs> dead in the water, no good. I end up like taking them off or not completing them. It, it has to be in the energy of the moment is what I've like come to realize is that you can't just try to contain that energy and control it. It's either take it and run with it or let someone else have it. And that's that's what I have noticed, especially this summer, because I've I don't know. I was listening to Carolyn Mice talk about um, it's spelled M-Y-S-S. I don't know why it said mice, but it is. And she was talking about how weight, physical weight, which uh, I've put on since the beginning of the pandemic, because I'm waiting for the world to go back to normal. Mm -hmm. um, weight is W-E-I-G-H-T is equivalent to waiting, W-A-I-T-I-N-G. And I was like, I did a lot of that this summer. I did a lot of, oh, I'll do that tomorrow, next day, next month. And it's just not there anymore. It's not there. Um, and I think they talk about this in um, The Big Magic with Elizabeth Gilbert. Have you read that book? I don't know that one, no. It's pretty good. It talks about how creation is its own energy. And you know how when you have an idea and you're sitting on it and you're not, you know, it's your idea. You're definitely like very protective of your idea, but you're not doing anything to feed into the energy of it. And then what do you know? Someone down the street on the Internet launches the same thing almost word for word. And that that happened to me that I wanted to do a. Um, a Reiki thing. And then I was like, Oh, look, there it is, Melanie, you waited too long. Because creation is like, it goes to whoever's most likely to birth it to multiple people at once. And then if they choose not to put any energy into it, because what does a birth require? A heck of a lot of energy from the mother. If you aren't willing to put that into it, it's going to leave you and go on to the next person who is. And I've experienced that a few times. That's yes, it's so though. annoying. At one point in time, I thought my Canva was open because I was like, how are these people like even getting the thing I was going to call it? I, I checked to make sure my Canva wasn't public. Like it was so wild. That is, I got to read that now because that has, I've experienced that a few times. How? Yeah, that's amazing. So oh. get on it when you have the idea. We might as well do this now, like right here while we're talking about it, because we're just about to we're we're birthing a couple things together. We're having twins. Um, <laughs> we're we're doing a few different things together, and uh, one of them, the first big one that we decided to do was we we're hosting a uh, a destination retreat in Tulum, Mexico, at a beautiful beautiful resort named Amansala. And um, we have space for 25 women to join us. We're calling that in. We're calling you in. Um, if you if you have any blocks around that, we'll work through those. Yeah, <laughs> she's got her fingers going. Come on, come on. Um, so that's the first thing that that we're birthing together. And and Tamara and I will talk about that. We had a lot of blocks to work through ourselves in order. Like I didn't know that I had them about this, but as soon as I launched it man alive did my childhood wounds rear up to come and smack me right in the face it was like you haven't done the work for this yet you haven't done the work for this yet and it actually wasn't until I started to do the work for it that we got our first sign up and then continued to get signups but um 
Then we also have something that may intrigue you and might also scare the pants off of you if you're going to say it, are we? Yes, I'm going to get you to say it. Oh, if we say it, it's going to be real. Yeah, and then no one can take it. <laughs> it's already ready to go. I just got to hit publish. You have to hit publish. Okay. Yeah. So part of the wild... It'll be published by the time we get this episode up. Okay. So part of this uh, wild woman summer involved uh, taking a few layers of clothes off in a public place, which was scary as hell, but so damn empowering. And I voiced it out loud to Miss Melanie Dawn, who doesn't let me get by on those things, that uh, we should carry this on and uh, share some naked expression with uh, some other people like the experience that we had maybe we should put on a naked yoga class yes (laughs) yes so I was there (laughs) I was at this retreat where we showed our coochies to the sun and it was at first I was the first time so there were two offerings of it uh first day we went out there was the offering to take clothes off I can't remember what I wore, but I had tight clothing on that required a lot of like jumping to pull up. So I didn't see, she said it wasn't going to be for very long. And so I was like, yeah, I'll pass then. I'm not going to jump my way in front of like 20 women. And I, I didn't do it. I said no. And then I left there watching everyone who did take their clothes off. I didn't see them take their clothes off, but after I saw the glow and the freedom and the power that they had after, and I was pretty jealous and I was a little bit mad at myself because it was one of those things, right? Oh, if I'm only going to be there for a minute, it's not worth it. And I do that a lot. Uh, I'm probably like, there's just so many smaller moments that I'll let pass me by because it's not long enough or it's not uh, deep enough. So I was pissed off. I'll I'll say that. And then the next day it was offered again. And I was like, I'm wearing a dress and it's coming up. And it was so freeing and liberating. Um, I don't think I was happy babying it towards the sun, but it felt like that, you know, like it felt like just this like unraveling. Like I was like yelling, but without yelling it, just wild and everyone took their clothes off that time that was badass because I was the same the first time I was deep in my fear and I heard people taking some clothes off but not everybody and it I felt like it went for about 20 minutes maybe it was maybe a minute but in my head it was 20 minutes it was a long time it was yeah, and I was regretting my decision. I'm like, I wish I was brave enough to do this like them mm-hmm. and for no other reason that it was so empowering. So when we redid it, you couldn't like hold like I was taking things off left, right and center as fast as we could, because not for any other reason, just that I did that. that yeah, is not me. I'm the one in the change room at the pool that's, you know, a little more modest. And yeah, uh, that felt so damn good. Yeah, it was actually incredible what it felt like. It's hard to explain. And so here's another say no moment for me. Um, We're like when tomorrow's like, we should carry this forward. I was so quick to jump on it because back in the early 2000s, I don't remember what year it was, 
But uh, the yoga studio in Okotoks, where I lived at the time, or close to it, had naked yoga. And I was a student of the studio. I knew all about it. But I did not want to go. I was like, no, not going to do it. That's weird. Had tons of judgments about it, uh, about myself, I guess, about showing up, what that would look like. I needed to have more answers. I questioned everything. And then after it was over, I immediately regretted not having the nards to go to the class. And then it came back to smack me in the face again. <laughs> so this is like decades, right? I was taking class with Holly Hofforth and she said, do you remember when we did like there was naked yoga? She did it. And I was like, oh, yes, I remember. <laughs> I remember not being there. And that was when I was like, man, who would have thought that saying no to something would still be something I would regret decades later? And I wasn't going to do that again. And so this is like my opportunity to do a redo of that. Um, to be able to reclaim that decision and bring some empowerment back into it. Um, I, I think I was just so insecure about body and um, just everything, just like insecure and needing to control. So if I didn't know the exact plan, I didn't want to do it, which is so debilitating and so much suffering. So that's why I was like, we're doing it. <laughs> I think the most awkward part of that experience was trying to get dressed with nobody standing up because nobody wanted to stand up in bright light in front of each other. Yeah. yeah, it was it was quite an experience. We should credit. Uh, that was a Diane Doyle uh, Lynch. And uh, thank you for empowering us in that, because I never thought in a million years that I would do that. Thank you for getting naked, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I were, I I'm pretty sure I had a dress on. So I don't remember the awkwardness of getting dressed. This is again, like me trying to control the situation, planning out everything, which I don't consider myself a huge planner. But I do think about those things as like, what is the easiest way for me to do this thing? Um, yeah, Diane, that was and I don't think that was planned for her either. I think that that just kind of spontaneously came and um, so Tamara and I are going to have this event here locally, if you are in the foothills and it's going to be only when I told my partner, he's like, hell no, you're not. He's like, is it going to be just women? And I was like, yes, I'm not going to like do a co-ed buttholes and face yoga. Um, and then, and then we also decided, cause at first, um, so it's for women only, this is a safe place for women as safe as you make it within yourself. We'll do our best to create that experience on the outside. It will be extremely dimly lit. <laughs> Tamara says one tea light. I'm probably going to put a little bit more tea lights, but instead of a power flow class, like what I was picturing, no. I think we're deciding to go more restorative. <laughs> So you'll be kind of laying down and in your own uh, space, own um, area, whatever you want, wherever you want to go inside your body, that's where we're going to take you. We're not um, looking to push you and um, make this an uncomfortable experience. It's clothing optional, um, as much clothing as you want to wear, as little clothing as you want to wear. Um, this is your comfort, but do you know that we hope that people will um, give this experience an opportunity because it's really, I think you can tell by the, how excited we are talking about having our vagina sun 
is something that you just can't, there obviously will be no sun where we're doing it, but uh, it will be warm. It will be warm. (laughs) It will be warm, restorative. And uh, it's, it's just an experience that I don't think I can put into words unless you do it. Okay. So I'm sure there's many people clicking that unfollow button, like by the tens right now, because nope. And let me challenge you that if you had a huge pushback to like, yeah, hell no, then that's probably your hell yes. Because if it scares you, trust me, there's so much in that experience. I never would have thought I would have done that. Um, The way I see it is strict empowerment. It's not showing off to anybody. It's everyone is going to feel the exact same feelings. Everybody feels that their body is not in the right form for whatever reason. Everybody has those issues. Um, everyone's scared. Maybe the teacher won't show up because the teacher is scared too. <laughs> I'll be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's so much growth from this. And don't you want to be, uh, you know, years ahead from now to say, I did that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to, I definitely don't want the same thing I've already experienced where everyone got to do it, but me, because I said no. Um, Another thing I haven't told you about yet is we're, when we're in Mexico, we're there um, during the snow moon, which here where we live is going to be typically absolutely covered in snow. It's also known as like the the month that seasonal uh, affected depression takes hold, February, in the kind of coldest uh, portion of the year, most covered portion of the year where everything is sleeping. We will be on a beach under the snow moon, welcoming in what uh, space we have for the crap that we're releasing. And I was thinking after we're done, if it's a, a bit of a, you know, private, safe scenario, which I think it will be, stripping down and doing um like a late night ocean dive or swim or toe touch or ankle brush of water um, and as little or as much clothing as you want. I want to do that. I had this feeling this may be incorporated somehow in our trip. I'm all in for it. As long as it's not in front of like a huge, you know, window of people watching, I'm totally game for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it would be, it would be really beautiful. And um, to just be floating in the salt of the ocean water with your shoulders out and everything kind of bare underneath, even if we have to take our clothes off in the ocean, I think that that would be, um, it'd be nice. It'd be fun. So basically, we're just have a fetish for being naked <laughs> ever since Diane's retreat. And we want you to come do it with us. Um, this wild woman has been saying yes all summer. And she did say yes to me when I approached her about this retreat. And um, uh, to share my uh, bit of a wild woman, because I'm also in the wild woman phase, is... Um, learning how to say yes. And as soon as I said yes, the uh, childhood wounding stuff started happening um, with my family and all of this stuff, like you are not loved, you are not enough. um, All of that stuff came crashing in on me 
right as we were about to to launch it. And the amount of work that I had to do to be able to even hold that space to bring people in, there was a lot of crying. There's a lot of, I don't understand. I don't know why Um, this keeps happening. But at the end of it is that it isn't that you aren't loved. It's that there's certain things that need to be reconstructed um, and only that reconstruction takes place when I choose to align my actions, to align my people, um, to align my behaviors with the outcome. Instead of typically my, that childhood wound goes into um, uh, hiding, I would say, pouting, uh, becoming the victim. And why? Why me? Why don't they love me this much? I would never do this to my own. Why? You know, all of that stuff. And instead of asking why about someone else, why didn't I love myself right then and that? You know, that's what it brought me back to is I wasn't allowing myself to feel the love that I had created for myself. I wasn't allowing myself to feel the love from the family that I created from myself. It was um, choosing to focus on how I was being rejected instead of where I was being received. And I was curious if anything like that happened for you as we did this. Because anytime you go into expansion, there is something that has to contract. There, it, it just like, there's always something. So I'm, I was curious and I know we haven't had a lot of time to talk about that, but did anything come up for you when we decided we were going to launch this retreat? Yeah. Well, I jumped on it like hell yes, because <laughs> travel and yeah, I'm a Sagittarian. So experiences. And then all the doubts came in after when I had the chance to kind of overthink and who am I to lead this retreat? Am I like this imposter? And uh, am I where all my wounds that I've worked on that love to cycle came forward? So there was the not enough, the um, definitely, am I qualified for this? All those, you know, second guesses. Um, Yeah. And then there was childhood wounding. You know, there's some phrases that have been spoken from my family that love to live in my brain and they, Mm. You know, they pop up on those when you're feeling that moment. And but I think the cycle that I've learned is that you see it a bit faster and you're like, okay. so I did a bit of journaling with it that helped me work through some of it. And I think just knowing that, no, this is where I'm at. And this opportunity has come because I've obviously matched the vibration for this and we're ready for this. That's kind of where I'm living right now is like these things are coming because we're ready for it. And it feels right. Yeah. And I'm I'm excited. It's going to be like to share this with other people, knowing the difference it's made in my life. And it continues to like, it's just an ongoing opening to this work is um, I just love to see when people are introduced to it too. Mm -hmm. And our theming is because we both are pretty much obsessed with yoga nidra. Um, Our theming is around consciousness. And so that it is about becoming conscious to your patterning, uh, what is a habit? What is an addiction? Um, a lot of these things that we um, are so familiar with are what is known as samskaras. They actually aren't really who you are. They're just who you've learned to be. And inside this retreat, we we really hope to 
give you the space to feel into who you really are, um, to open up yourself to the love that has always existed within that you've never had to seek out from something external, that everything that you want to be is already in you. If you have the ability to dream it, you have the ability to be it. And I I know sometimes that's hard because you immediately want to be like, yeah, well, you don't know there's this, this, and this, but that is such a conditioned way of thinking to support your ego um, that keeps you safe and repeating the same day, same life uh, over and over again. And I think after what we've been through and are continuing to go through, and especially if you are on um, any kind of spiritual journey, you're ready for like all of that nonsense to kind of stop and to just be still with what is to not have to run away from pain. And it's funny too, because pain can be, we can use pain as like a punishment. Oh, I have to suffer because I did this, or I have to suffer because I'm that. And that's just not true. You are in pain because you're human and you're suffering because you're hanging on. And those are the, that's the only truth. I think one thing you said to me, this is years ago, is that really helped me and you're exactly where you're meant to be. That really made it okay that, you know, we're human and we're having our experience and okay. Like I was very much in that, why isn't it like this? Or why isn't it like that person's experience? And no, I am exactly where I'm meant to be. This is my path. This is what I'm meant to be doing. Exactly perfect. And that really gave me some comfort even though it was really shitty, it was, uh, it was, it was comfort. And uh, also knowing that those things that love to be stuffed down, like those samskaras, they're going to rise up in different ways. They might come in physical, they might come in emotional, they're going to come up in uh, perhaps rage or depression, or there's going to, it's going to show up in relationships in your uh, day to day, whether or not you want to acknowledge it. So I feel the sooner that you, you know, confront and make friends and maybe release, mm-hmm. you know, then, you know, you can get through it or be able to deal with it a bit better. So I don't think it's a scary proposition. It's just, it's there. Everyone's got yeah. it. And it's, one of uh, the things that I hear the most from people who are um, coming onboarding to my yoga nidra training, which I consider just human code is that, I'm scared my relationship will change. Well, that fear is because you're suffering because you're holding on to something that's already changed, right? It is that you're already suffering. Um, If you have that feeling, that fear, it could be that your relationship is being called and asked to change, but not in the way that you have been conditioned to believe that change is bad. Change always equals pain. What if on the other side of that, that change or that evolution is actually freedom? We're so quick to label it as this change or this thing I'm worried about is going to be bad. Sure, there's always some sort of pain. We're living a human experience. That's part of our human experience. No one escapes it, but it doesn't last forever. This too shall pass is always a thing. 
unless, and that's what they, like when they say this too shall pass, I wish they'd add a caveat, unless you're willing to hang on to it forever, because we ultimately make that choice, right? Yeah. Well, what you just said there about uh, change in relationships, whether it's friendships, uh, romantic relationship, work relationship, uh, right? It's, isn't it a mirror of what we're going through? Mm -hmm. So if we're afraid of that, like I would say, chances are the other party is having similar experiences that, you know, change is going to shift change in them. And I just think that's that dance, right? Like that's where that growth is possible. Yeah. My relationship, it made it a million times better. I'm not saying that that's the case for everyone, but if you have someone willing to do the work and not um, be in victim consciousness and constantly be blaming, I think that um, when you study consciousness, it, it it gives you the ability to take yourself out of victim consciousness. And that's just to me, total freedom, total liberation. I'm not blaming the external for how I feel all the time. I'll still probably give you the finger in traffic once in a while, but <laughs> Human. You'll be really special if I do. And uh, yeah, there's usually some sort of acknowledgement that, ooh, this one's for me. Uh, even if it's not us in the thick of it, if if this uh, sort of chaos is brought to your attention, it's a mirror. There's something that needs to be changed. And just because we think we can control it and don't do the work, it's coming it's coming. I say, uh, energy speaks or <laughs> the only way that you can change the pattern of energy is through divine intervention or free will. One of them is coming. <laughs> One's a choice. <laughs> the other one is handed to you. So it, you don't escape it. Yeah. There's freedom on, on the other side of it. And why delay yeah. that? Why do we delay that? It's because we think it's bad it's and it's always it's been good. Yeah. There are like these little blips. I'm recalling them (laughs) right now. There are like these little blips where it's like the worst pain of your life, the worst experience, the most hopeless, the most helpless. And then you move through that and there's freedom. And we're just sitting in that hopeless, helpless phase in a moderate amount of suffering. So forever, Instead of just going through the acute stage of it and finding freedom on the other side. Well, don't it's like the cold feedback, plunge. Isn't it? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. pretty much summed up. There is a shadow work, all the growth summed up in cold water. Yeah. So, but if you look back at the things that you work through and, you know, in the moment you thought were so terrible, looking back, you can see, oh, I needed that. I mean, that's the lesson, obviously. Mm-hmm. We don't know it in the moment, but how powerful is that? How powerful. And so to bring us back, I wanted to, because I think um, we got sidetracked about the, the year of yes. Your, your, your hell yes, say yes, Summer. Yeah. Mine was say less. <laughs> <laughs> Came from where? Yeah, well, I again, that was the, um, it was the FOMO and wanting to look back knowing that I've done the things. Um, I think because I had a few years that were just a little bit on the sluggish side, and I didn't want more of that. I was ready for that shift. And the only person that's going to do it is me. Yeah. yeah. And there was a book that you read. There was a book, um, <laughs> the Rhymes, uh, Year of Yes. And wow. it's actually her account where she said yes to every opportunity that came her way. And she was painfully 
you know, um, scared or um, shy and she did it anyways. And she did it all different uh, experiences. So Mm -hmm. some of these things were scary for me. Some of them were brand new. Uh, I did, yeah, I think getting on the water in like ice cold Kananaskis water was a little frightening for me, but we did it. And then we did yoga on the board in wind. So um, all the things, Uh, uh, tickets to shows that I wanted to go to, uh, all kinds of experiences, driving out to Banff uh, for different events that I wouldn't normally do because that doesn't make sense just to go for an event and come back, you know? So I just broke those um, those cycles. The analytical mind. Right? Yeah. You're breaking the analytical mind that says, not today, tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then, you know, um, I did an 80s yoga event this summer that was downtown Okotoks. And uh, I was the only one that dressed up as 80s. So here I am, you know, big, (laughs) big festival downtown, the whole town's there, they're doing the chili fest. And I'm wearing, you know, my 80s headband and my, you know, my leg warmers, and I'm just walking around and nobody else. But my students just wore regular clothes, but you know, I owned it. So that was another just thing. Just a little bit of mixed messaging. <laughs> yeah, all the things, but yeah, oh. it was great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here and showing us that a real wild woman can exist in an urban environment. <laughs> and, and she does shower and she does brush her hair. <laughs> all she does is just say, hell yes. So thank you so much for joining me, Tamara, and thank you so much for being partner with me in these few of our expanded adventures. Uh, And thank you, listeners, for listening. And if you have any of your say yes moments that you want to share or like me, a moment that you said no to that you still think about to this day, I'd love to hear it. We'll talk uh, next week. Peace in, peace out.